I skipped uh, an, an, an impressive part of my uh, watching duties, fully intending on allowing Justin to carry the team this week. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say uh, that. I sense another dominant week for Nate Bender. Vince McMahon is going to love this. It did not go over well then. I hate it. I hate it so much. You have three points, sir. I always like to chime in. Thank you for asking. It involved pee. Vince is probably laughing his tits off. Break glass in case of pee joke. He was brought in to the WWE to be shit on. Drug-free urine. (laughs) (laughs) It is terrible. Welcome, everybody, to another week of the One Fall Show. As I like to remind you guys, this show is scheduled for One Fall with a 60-minute time limit. It is part game show. It is part wrestling discussion show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host, joined by my uh, referee and the returning Miss Erica Bennis. Erica, uh, you did get a happy birthday from all of us last week, right? Did you say something on the episode? I'm sorry. How dare you not listen to your own product? I, I here's the thing to listen to it because I wasn't on it. Like when I, if I, I can't, I can't listen back to myself. It's very weird. It's just, I'm not it's kind of, Terry, it's I'm not like showing up, Terry. I'm not booked. It's, it's like kind of like watching your own <laughs> sex tape where it's like, like, no, you can't do that. I can't do that. Let me reiterate that uh, we uh, here at the One Fall Show all hope you had a fantastic birthday last week. And we are, uh, I'm sure our contestants are extremely glad that you're back. I'm wondering why we never asked Dennis Stamp in the first place. (laughs) He wasn't booked, Terry. Let's uh, let's get into our contestants. Of course, the voice you just heard is uh, Mr. Shawnee Constant, longtime uh, participant in the One Fall Show. Hey, everybody. How are you all doing? And in honor of Shotzi Blackheart, who may still be over my shoulder on the video here. That oh, yeah. I see Chuck and see. Uh, welcome to the ball pit. <laughs> oh, it always delights me when I can see Shotzi, uh, your, your signed Shotzi picture over over your shoulder. I need to get that signed uh, Ascension picture that you gave me for Christmas the other year and put it over my shoulder. <laughs> Don't tell people I gave you that for Christmas. I already have a bad enough <laughs> reputation. <laughs> We're also joined by uh, the other half of the uh, One Fall Show Memorial Dick Togo Tag Team Champions, Mr. Justin Valentine. Oh, man, I love being a part of that team. Shout out to that Christmas present, by the way, Shawnee and Erica. Thank you for comparing our product to a sex tape. No, 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 no. Re-listening to your own voice on a podcast is like watching your, like, that's what it, what it is. To be fair, we have a, a, a category called Smacked Raw. We're basically a sex tape, okay? That is true, but it just Keep in mind, big- I have to listen to the episode to edit it. So all of these <laughs> ideas you're putting under my head are really only making my life more difficult. That's different, though. You're, you're, you're editing. Like, thing back just seems very indulgent. And even my ego isn't that big. Uh, let us also uh, introduce you to our eight-time undisputed intermetaversal podcast champion, Mr. Nate Bender. Woo! I am so glad to be here, and oddly, I don't have that problem. I only listen to podcast episodes that I am a part of, because that way I can hear how good I did. <laughs> 
All right, so we've got a game show to play for you. We've got three rounds. Uh, each round will consist of three questions. Questions are worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. At the end of those three rounds, we'll have a final fall where the question is worth 10 points to uh, swing the vote in either direction. And uh, because he is the eight-time champion, we will begin this week, as we typically do, with Mr. Nate Bender. Nate, you've got Smacked Raw about uh, Raw and SmackDown. You've got the Wednesday Night War featuring NXT and AEW. And of course, news and notes from around the ring featuring every other wrestling promotion. Where do you want to start this week? Uh, before you start, Nate, we should we should make sure that Eric is aware as the timekeeper that Chuck has expanded it from a five-second count to a <laughs> minute and 45-second count. Now, now it's no. Up to two minutes, I think. Now, that's just champion's advantage, okay? Like, that's that's all that is. Well, it, it's also an extended count, and you get more than one guess. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's like when they said Michael Jordan was the greatest player ever, but then they also allowed him to travel at will, and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, if you let everyone travel at will, they'd look like the greatest player ever. Boy, it just sounds like you two are real salty that you haven't gotten a win in, uh, what is that, like six weeks now? We barely get to talk. We just listen to you throw out four guesses within three minutes and get all the points. So what I'm hearing is I can't take an episode off ever again because apparently <laughs> I am the glue that holds this shit show together. So basically, next year we're taking Erica's birthday off just completely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. It's a one false show national holiday. Okay, I can, I can kind of get behind that. I like that. See, once again, the ego. Hello, it's there. All right, let's start with uh, the Wednesday Night War. All right, talking about AEW and NXT. There was a notab notable debut on AEW Dynamite this week and a notable return. Name the wrestler that debuted and then name the wrestler who returned for an extra point. Eddie Kingston debuted against Cody Rhodes in the opening match, which was uh, one of my favorites. And then uh, the returning Sammy Guevara dressed up as Serpentico. There you go. Two points right off the bat for Mr. Nate Bender. As you alluded to, uh, Eddie Kingston uh, opening up the show with Cody Rhodes with a match that would have uh, in the past been known as a hardcore match. Let's talk about AEW this week, man. That Kingston-Cody match was a hard one to follow. I loved eddie kingston like his from the promo that he cut to the the match right up until the the thumbtacks which i just think is a a, a really just a overly done and unnecessary spot especially if they were trying to go for the hardcore thing i think there's better stuff that you can um you can kind of incorporate into the match without having to to bust the thumbtacks out uh, I really, really like this. I really, really want to see uh, AEW sign Eddie Kingston to something a little bit more long-term. I don't want this to just be a one-off. That said, they can't keep signing every dude who just walks in and challenges Cody, right? Like, they they signed Ricky Starks, and that was a great pickup, especially because I love him paired with Brian Cage. That is a really, really cool pairing. But, uh, yeah, I, I really, uh, like, out of the people that have kind of done one shots on AEW. I think Eddie Kingston has, has been probably the most impressive. So uh, yeah. Hashtag sign Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I thought everything about that segment and the match was phenomenal, but Nate, you ma made a point, which I completely agree with. 
you can't have a debut or a return every single week with this Cody Open Challenge. You need to take a couple weeks where it's just a regular AEW superstar that we have seen every week that's challenging Cody, and then throw in a surprise maybe once a month or once every other however many weeks. When you're doing it every single week, it kind of gets old, and it takes away from the debut or the return sometimes because you're just, okay, who's making their debut this week? Who's returning? Oh, it's this it's this person. So it just kind of it takes away a little bit, although the match was phenomenal. The promo was phenomenal. I'm with you. I'm a fan of seeing him in AEW for a long time. I'm I'm all in for it. I love the open challenge. It seemed like this was another no commercials like commercials experience where you got to really soak in and see the entire match. Uh, I really love that. I think that Eddie Kingston brings this sort of identifiable old school mentality, but also with this unabashed heel angle to it. Uh, that sort of the bad guy who truly believes that what he's doing is right. And I think that he portrays that in a way that uh, a lot of current new sort of wrestlers don't really embrace. Does anybody know uh, Eddie Kingston was really selling like he, he had tweaked his knee during the match. Does anybody know, was that uh, legit or was that just part of the match? It appears that it was just part of the match. Uh, nothing has really surfaced as far as injuries go. I know Darby Allen supposedly may have, been injured or or suffered some sort of I, th- I think it was a concussion uh but if i may a, a couple of things one eddie kings i think i think this is very much a pro eddie kingston crowd um also as as a woman i appreciate a man who uh finally their eyebrows and i know that that means nothing to any of you but just for me i'm like look because like when he showed up i'm like oh man he had those freshly waxed those are nice um i will say you know justin makes a really good point about having so many like surprise guest appearances i think you can overdo it the only thing that i can possibly think of of why they're doing it is uh just it's the whole ratings thing like I, I still think the whole ratings war is still very much present in in both NXT and AEW's minds. That's kind of what's causing everything, especially since you're not. We don't have any crowds. We're still in very much the the COVID era of wrestling. Also, okay, I'm not a big hardcore person. Like thumbtacks freak me out. But what weapon then do you recommend? And this is kind of going back to what Nate said. What what hardcore aspect would you recommend to utilize if you think that thumbtacks are like overdone? I'm not saying I'm not saying that that thumbtacks are necessarily overdone. I just think that that it's it's a really like if the goal is to pin your opponent, what do thumbtacks actually do to to get, to accomplish that mission? You know, a chair, a table, a ladder, something that has more impact than being thrown into thumbtacks. Like it just doesn't seem like a spot that would keep somebody pinned. Right. So I think that's, that's mostly my complaint about the thumbtacks. Yeah. I, the, the whole barbed wire thumbtack, really the tradition of hardcore wrestling is not for me. Um, I do get though, that it is a part of the tradition of wrestling. And that's sort of what makes this art form. So cool is it's this mishmash of different, traditions so you know i i'm with nate i definitely don't need them i'm I, i'm fine without ever seeing another thumbtack spot again because it it's it's sort of a stunt right it's a once you've seen a stunt enough times like i don't think it ruined the match by any means it's just it, it 
I don't know. I just thought it was unnecessary and, and like, you know, it, it, it was what it was, but yeah, like I, I, I just thought it was, uh, was unnecessary. By the way, what, one last point about Eddie Kingston. I think he could make a wonderful stable with, uh, Santana and Ortiz. Um, and I think that before uh, actually Eddie Kingston was brought up as, as part of like Santana and Ortiz's like backup posse once before. Um, so that that's in terms of like long-term, what, what could Eddie Kingston do inside of AEW? I think that's, that's pretty good. Cause it looks like the inner circle might end up disbanding somewhat soon. All right, let's keep it moving with another question about the Wednesday night war. This one about NXT. And, uh, once again, Nate Bender gets to, uh, answer this question cause he got the first one, right? So Keith Lee made a major announcement on NXT this week that he was relinquishing the North American title. How did William Regal decide that uh, they will crown a new North American champion? Oh, my God. This is the most complicated and convoluted tournament. So it's a tournament of triple threat matches where the winner then goes on to a ladder match at the next NXT TakeOver. Again, totally convoluted. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be a a bunch of triple threat matches that lead up to, I believe, a triple threat match, ladder match at the uh, next takeover. Uh, How do we feel about Keith Lee giving up the North American championship after only a week or two when so many other people are walking around with two belts? Yeah, this felt like a really weird decision, especially in light of how the two belts thing seems to be a fad. I can't believe that they didn't have like a long term booking plan for like once they had two titles on him, what they were going to do. And I mean, granted, yes, it does keep Keith Lee strong and it moves the title into a tournament, which could in theory pop ratings. And some of the triple threat matches, like the one that they featured this week might actually be pretty great, but it just seems like, WWE specifically are really, really flailing and sweating the ratings. And you can kind of see how, you know, in some of their counter programming decisions, in some of their booking decisions like this, it seems pretty desperate. I love everything about uh, this. And I know it's complete opposite of what Nate just said. I love the decision for Keith Lee. You don't want him to take a loss right now, even if it's for that title and it's not the NXT title. So I love that the matches are going to be great. Nate, you said that they're going to be great. Boost the ratings. That's a plus. It makes Keith Lee look look good, look strong. You can focus him on one title. Plus, they've taken away the spark of having two titles. Becky Lynch had it, and now everyone has it. Bailey, Sasha Banks, everywhere. And it's not as special as it once was. So I look at this, and I don't know any behind the scenes of whose decision and why, you know, who had a call on this, but almost like a shot at, double champions everywhere. Keith Lee didn't want it. Keith Lee doesn't need it. You know, give the title to someone else. I'm the NXT champion. To me, it's just not as special to be a double champion as it once was because it's happening all over the damn place. That's a good point to keep Keith Lee strong. However, there is another belt in NXT that they could have brought up and and that has been doing nothing, especially with NXT UK not doing any tapings, they could have done something with the UK championship. If they felt like they needed a title hunt to be able to pop ratings, I think that's equally a valid decision. Besides, who is the UK champion right now? Does it matter? Could we strip them? 
probably. I think that that's also an equally valid decision and something that I would be much more interested in. And you still keep Keith Lee strong. So I think that that's an option that I I think I would have looked at. I think they should bring in John Cena with, you guessed it, the spinner belt. One time (laughs) appearance, John Cena introduces the spinner belt. The marks all come flooding back. There you go. Yeah, and then you can have the John Cena open challenge going head-to-head with the Cody Rhodes open challenge every week. I don't think you're going to be able to afford to bring him back every week, sir. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, NXT UK because NXT UK TakeOver Dublin is apparently still scheduled for October. Uh, This question going to Nate once again, as he got the uh, correct answer for the first two. Uh, If it does take place, who does Finn Balor say he wants to face at NXT UK TakeOver Dublin? I have, I, I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to throw a name out there at random Pete Dunn. That would be a hell of a match, but that's not the answer I have here. Damn. So it would be a hell of a match though. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll move it to Justin. Justin, who did Finn Balor say he would like to face at NXT UK takeover Dublin in October? I saw Finn Balor want to face someone. I didn't hear NXT UK, but maybe I didn't read enough into it. Is this edge? That's the answer I've got, so that's correct. Three points for you, Justin. Edge, of course, still sidelined with an injury, and we've heard reports that they're looking to do Randy Orton and Edge at WrestleMania next year. Uh, who are we excited to actually see Edge face up against when he does come back? I, I think Seth Rollins makes sense for a storyline. I don't think Finn Balor does for a match or a storyline. No offense to Finn. I just think where he is right now in his career, uh, Edge isn't the match right now. I think after... He has a good NXT run and comes back. Then it can happen. I don't think Edge and Orton is going to happen at WrestleMania next year either. I think whoever thinks they have that inside buzz is clearly wrong. And we all know who in the wrestling world thinks they have the uh, inside buzz on that. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think Seth Rollins is the the choice that makes the most sense for Edge. That's the one I've been wanting to see. Yeah, I don't know that I would want to see Edge necessarily come back and and take on someone from his era. I think that's part of what was kind of disappointing about the Edge-Randy Orton feud. Uh, You know, the opportunity to take on some great talent. I wouldn't mind seeing him challenge Drew McIntyre. Uh, have him go, you know, straight for the championship. Drew has been a really good champion, but, you know, he, he hasn't really been challenged right Bobby Lashley and Dolph Ziggler they're fairly mid-card guys and unless they you know Vince decides they are worthy of a push um, that's pretty much where they're going to stay and you kind of you know you see what that outcome is is building towards but I think that would be really interesting because you know that would you know who knows that could go either either uh, either direction I think with the pandemic and wrestling, though, if that's ruined anything the most, it's Edge's return. I think the Edge-Orton match at WrestleMania would have been, and the story leading up to it, would have been so much better uh, at a live WrestleMania with an audience if things went as planned. I don't think we would have had the greatest wrestling match ever if the pandemic never hit. I just think the pandemic has ruined Edge's return, and then he gets hurt to add on to it. I think uh, one name that we are leaving out and and one name that Edge himself has mentioned as, you know, someone he would love to have, you know, a storyline with is uh, AJ Styles. Uh, It's one of those things where they've um, obviously they've both been active for many, many years, but have somehow not 
crossed paths and have never wrestled each other. So I think, I mean, AJ Styles, say what you want about him, like personally, but like in the ring, there's really no touching the guy. And I think it could be something magical. And and I would agree with uh, everyone. The pandemic and his injury has just really killed his return. And it's really unfortunate, but like that's kind of the business, sadly. Oh, you don't got to dance around it. AJ Styles thinks the world is flat. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to see the AJ Styles, Randy Orton, flat earth match. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's fantastic. He thinks the earth is flat because there's no way he could pull off the aerial moves he does if the earth was <laughs> rotating. Of course. That makes sense. We'd all be falling over. How do we walk? That's true. Uh, Erica, give me a tally of the points after round one. After round one, leading off is Nate with four points, followed by Justin with three. Shawnee, yet to get on the board, but still ton of tons of game to play. Absolutely. Going into round two, we'll give Sean an opportunity to get on the board and uh, let him pick the next category. You've got Smack Draw and Around the Ring. My time to shine. Uh, let's try Around the Ring. Okay. On this week's episode of Impact, after Slammiversary, who defeated the Norse to become the new Impact Tag Team Champions? I don't know. Uh, oh, the Motor City uh, Mad Men. Oh, that's so close. That's so close. Erica, what are we going to judge on that one? Uh, Machine guns. Okay. Now, since I now learned <laughs> of the chicanery that took place and apparently Nate getting multiple chances to answer a question, I'm going to let that one slide. All right. Sounds good. Shawnee's on the board. Oh, <laughs> the Motor City Machine Guns. What? One guess if it's not right, we move on. How is that so hard to understand? I clearly <laughs> stated at the beginning of the show that you get several guesses in a minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> Do I need to reset the rules each round now? <laughs> we uh, we talked a lot about anniversary last week. Uh, what does everybody think about the Motor City Machine Guns uh, in their first impact uh, appearance grabbing the uh, tag team titles? Ah, good for them. I... Uh, I, I did not enjoy Slammiversary, so I didn't watch the follow-up. I'm sure at some point I'm going to dip in because I really do want to follow the Good Brothers story, but I don't think that uh, Impact has made a fan out of me. I think it's good for them. I think they look really good still, and you know maybe it's a little quick to you know throw the titles on them right away, maybe have a rivalry with the champions before they end up taking it. But overall, they still look good. If they, can't, if they were these veterans that came back and were – 10,000 times slower than they once were, and they still gave them the titles. I would have a problem with it, but these guys can still hold titles. Oh, yeah, they can definitely go. But it just it, it, part of it feels like, hey, remember these guys who were here for years? Let's give them the titles back. I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it, but uh, mostly because it's impact, but um, it didn't really feel earned to me. I certainly thought when they introduced both the Motor City Machine Guns and the Good Brothers at Slammiversary that their current tag team champions' days were numbered with those two teams in the in the mix. That's definitely the rivalry to build, right? But like the way that AEW is is taking the obvious rivalry, which is the Young Bucks and FTR, and kind of keeping them in the ring together, but like as I don't know. Semi stringing us along. Yeah, exactly. Along. Exactly. Impact's going to go straight to that, right? Like they're not going to have any subtlety or any build. It's just going to go straight to the machine guns and the good brothers because they don't have time to bullshit around. 
Yeah, they're they're trying to bank on the familiar names that they brought back because that's what they were lacking. Now they have familiar names from Impact and just from the wrestling world. And like, okay, give those guys the titles. Yeah. Take it off. I couldn't tell you who the t- uh, former tag champions were, okay? So it's like, now I can tell you. That I know the Motor City Machine Guns. Maybe I'll go watch Impact. I won't, but that's their thought. <laughs> now, now, Justin, they did have Tommy Dreamer and Rhino this whole time. Oh, yeah, those guys. <laughs> I do like all ego Ethan Page uh, of the North. I've enjoyed some of his indie work, but to be honest, when he when he signed with Impact, I didn't realize it, and I was wondering where he went. I'm like, whatever happened to all Etho? He, <laughs> he disappeared off my wrestling radar. I'm like, oh, he got signed to Impact. I'm like, okay, so that's better. Okay, better. <laughs> I guess he gets paid more money, but doesn't get get seen. Yeah, it might be less money, but consistent money. Uh, consist- I do understand that whole consistent money thing. All right, Sean, how about a second question here? Adam Cole was doing an interview this week for what show when he walked out? Oh, son of a God. Um, So uh, it was the former kicker in the NFL, uh, Pat Pat McAfee. The Pat McAfee show. I will once again defer to Erica, but I do believe you nailed it there. Yeah, we'll allow it. Okay. Fair enough. So two points for you, Shawnee. Uh, did anybody get to see at least the fallout of this particular thing? And do you think it's a uh, do you think it's a shoot? Do you think it's a work? This is a work. Yeah, I, I definitely I saw the video. Uh, I mean, listen, Adam Cole is good at it, and but Pat McAfee is not. <laughs> like, of course, like Adam Cole can cut a mean promo and got in his face and and made it look convincing. Uh, Pat McAfee. Don't let this guy near a, a wrestling microphone or near a wrestling ring because he can't sell anything. Yeah, this is 110% of work. I mean, look at the timing. Adam Cole loses the title. He's not on NXT. He's clearly on his way to WWE in my eyes. Probably SummerSlam and the fact that he went on a national podcast show like this. And, you know, right now, I think it's selling what's going to be his debut in a month at SummerSlam. Yeah. It's a work. <laughs> All right, Sean, you've got an opportunity to uh, completely steal this round here. So uh, I, w- I wish you luck. Uh, FTR got into a weird Twitter exchange this week with a WWE producer that led to Cash Wheeler tweeting that uh, they were definitely a good guy who never talked shit about talent as soon as they'd walk away. Who are they talking about? That is not something that I have an answer to. So, uh, I'm going to pick um, who's left. How much time do I have left in the clock? One minute, 25 seconds. <laughs> um, oh, let's say the road dog, Jesse James. That is actually the correct answer. Nice job. <laughs> So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about this. Um, you know, obviously drama outside the ring. Uh, while there's you know the the drama inside the ring, sometimes the drama outside the ring is even more interesting. Uh, what do what do we what do we think about the road dog, and what do we think about the uh, FTR calling him out on uh, quite possibly being kind of a backstabber? Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I have nothing else to say. That was it. That was all you got. <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, does he have anything else? Uh, I, I love it. I, I think it adds to the little rivalry, AEW and WWE. Um, it's a real life thing. It's not. I don't think it's a work like we just talked about with Adam Cole, but I, 
I love that they're out, you know, okay with being up front with this and going on social media with it, speaking their mind against it because it does add to the product and the rivalry um, on TV, even if this isn't a scripted work, which clearly it isn't because it's two different promotions. But I I think it it, it makes it a little more fire into what, you know if you're an AEW fan you're back in FTR if you're a WWE fan you're going against them and it's great. Yeah, I mean I I don't know I don't know that this totally moved the needle for me. It seems like Road Dog would be a guy who would talk shit behind your back just looking at him uh, the, even back when he was in the ring and now. So yeah, uh, I don't I don't think that the, any of that is uh, is is terribly surprising. This may tamp down some of the the rumors that Road Dog was gonna eventually end up jumping over to AEW as a creative consultant. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it it is what it is. All right, Erica. After two rounds, one of which uh, we got to see Mr. Constance steal uh, every question. What are the point totals? Yes, after that sweep, we got Shawnee with Nate with four, Justin with three. Still very much anyone's game. And that will lead to uh, Justin. You get to answer the first question as far as the Smacked Raw category. Who made their return to Raw this week after being off TV for seven months? I hate when you start with the Raw question because that's the furthest away from the day we are right now. Preach. Um, Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, God. I got got a few minutes, so I'll think about this one. Uh, (laughs) Fair. Damn, damn it, it's it's not coming to me. Clock is ticking. Uh, three, two, I got, I don't got it. I don't, oh, yes, I do. Mustafa Ali. Hey. Nicely done. Nice. <laughs> I think I think this I, th- I think the the period you have to answer questions will probably shrink over the weeks, but I'm willing to give you guys a lot of leeway after last week. <laughs> yeah, we got Mustafa Ali back. Do we uh, do we think he was? Uh, will ever find out who the hacker was over on SmackDown? And what do we think about him moving over to Raw? I love the the trio that he was in. I I think they fit well together. Um, I know it kind of throws a wrench in the fact that clearly MVP and Bobby Lashley are putting a stable together. A lot of people wanted either Ricochet and or Cedric Alexander in that. I don't know if this changes anything, but I don't think it was a hacker. I think it was too obvious, and I think they were on pace to throwing us a curveball that the pandemic probably screwed up. He was definitely the hacker. He was for sure the hacker. No, he doesn't deserve that good of a storyline. I don't think it's like if that was the reveal, that isn't good enough. It was the the blue circle which he has on his hand. I mean, I don't know how many more. Like WWE is not a subtle company. Like they don't exactly come up with like re- like even even their most arguably complex stuff to understand, like the Firefly Funhouse, not exactly subtle. So subtlety and swerves may have been a thing when Russo, not so much subtlety, but swerves uh, when Russo was there, but uh, not so much in, in current WWE. So, yeah, I think I think Mustafa Ali was definitely the hacker. I do like the 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 ricochet Mustafa Ali and uh, Cedric Alexander pairing. Okay, here's the rumor that I keep hearing around some of the stable conversation. And because I've heard it, I've heard the rumor applied both to the stable that MVP is building and also possibly this new stable of uh, uh, of ricochets. 
that they're looking to revive the nation of domination, which got to say, not the time, not the time uh, that that just, see, it, it, you know, like Ron Simmons was backstage for two segments and uh the 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 rumor is that it's been scrubbed i hope that it has been scrubbed damn that <laughs> damn <laughs> damn indeed uh but uh but yeah i i i i can't say that i think that would be a terribly smart move particularly right now it was great to see shelton benjamin again though yeah i think he's really adds to the uh was it the pain business yeah i'm really I, i'm digging this is the first sort of villain uh, faction that they've built in any WWE product that I've really enjoyed in a long time. I agree. Outside of the, um, you know, introducing the undisputed era through NXT, you know, that's a different animal, but um, you know, bringing back some, some sort of old hands and putting them together. I think this uh, they're, they're gelling really well and creating uh, a viable threat in a WWE world where viable threats don't ever really feel like viable threats. And uh, I'm shocked by that, frankly. Uh, When they first started putting this whole program together, it felt like segregation to me. Yeah, I hope they just keep they keep this faction strong for for a while as they continue to build them, because like it seems like they build heel factions and then make them do goofy shit right away. And and I agree with you, Shawnee. I like the fact that they feel legitimately like a threat. Shelton Benjamin is just a, a fucking workhorse. And Bobby Lashley looks spectacular. MVP really kind of brings the the glue together as like the mastermind behind it. Uh, I, I think this works really, really well. Yeah, ultimately, I think that MVP is going to have to resort back to sort of chicken shit heel ways, but I think that it would be beneficial for uh, everybody if that was held off for as long as possible to continue to um, maintain their uh, their sense of presence. All right. Well, Justin got the first question, so he gets to move on to the next one. This one about Friday Night SmackDown, a little bit closer to the day that we're recording. Uh, which, Sweet. Which member of the SmackDown roster is sidelined at least for the next six weeks due to injury? Uh, that would be Kofi Kingston. Yes, that is correct. A very interesting uh, segment, quite possibly the highlight of SmackDown this week, where Kofi uh, telling Big E that now is his time to uh, go for his singles uh, competitorship. Uh, I, I'm going to guess that we're all real big on this one, but let's go around the room. Let's talk about it. Big E is a singles competitor. How do we feel? I love it. I, I mean, it's been, you know needed for a while people have been pushing for this for a while kofi got his run and that was well deserved um i love how they can do this without breaking them up you do not want to break up the new day normally when you want to take a guy from a group to push him you have him turn on his group seth rollins in the shield so i'm glad that they found a way both with kofi and now hopefully it's successful with big e to do it uh, you know, without breaking them up, Xavier Woods can't stay healthy. So unfortunately he hasn't had his time. I don't know if it, that will happen, but I think this will be great. I just hope they do it smart. Don't ruin him. Please don't ruin him as a singles competitor. That's my only worry. 
Yeah, Biggie is fantastic. And, you know, like every time he's in the ring, he's one of my absolute favorite people to watch. Uh, his uh, singles match against Cesaro a few weeks ago was probably the best match that week on SmackDown. I think he deserves it. I think that he can, you know, he he's someone that could be a, a, a champion and uh, and be a legitimate, a physically imposing threat um i i really really like him as a singles competitor and i'm with justin i really hope they don't screw him up uh this singles run could actually get me back to watching uh smackdown live on friday nights i'm really excited about it there really isn't anything that biggie has not been able to demonstrate that he can do and you know the path they've taken he's had to really approach every sort of forward projecting role in the wrestling business and he excels at all of them. I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's no end to the amount of fun you can have with Big E uh, on top of this thing. All right. Well, let's move on to our third question here. And we've kind of avoided talking about the horror show and extreme rules all show, but uh, it's finally popped up here. Why didn't we see Ray Mysterio's eye pop out of his head at the horror show? extreme rules what was the official reason that's been uh quoted online oh like the medical reason no like why why didn't they actually we we heard beforehand they were going to use possibly a cgi effect so that you would see the eyeball uh and that obviously didn't happen what uh what's the reason that's been reported online that did not happen uh not gonna lie, I'm kind of confused by the question so i'm gonna throw an answer out there uh the ref gave him a fake eyeball and he just covered it over his eye with his hand and they said that there wasn't there were certain nerve damage that wasn't done to possibly save the eye uh well that's what we got the the question is what is the reason that's being reported online that they didn't uh they didn't actually use some kind of effect to show us the ray mysterio eye other than i i don't have an answer for that one okay well let's uh who's who's next in the points here i believe it's nate uh, the reason that I heard was that Vince saw the result and personally put the kibosh on it. That's the answer I've got here. So three points for you, Nate. Like I said, we've uh, not talked about the horror show at Extreme Rules because I'm fairly certain none of us were a real big fan of it. But can you name one? What was probably the best thing out of a show that was quite possibly awful last Sunday? Dolphin Drew. Dolphin Drew was pretty okay. There was there wasn't much in there that was uh, overly offensive. I don't know why they're drawing out their program like they are, but I I thought that that was a that was a pretty decent one off. Um, most everything else I hated. A- actually, I take it back. No, the um, opening match, uh, the the tables match, uh, New Day versus uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro. I think Shinsuke and Cesaro are outside of of biggie getting a singles push are are probably the bright spot on smackdown right now uh i'm really really big fans of these guys i'm super glad that they won the tag belts and i hope they get uh, a a decent run though that sort of feels like you know uh like a wasted wish because we all know that vince does not value tag team wrestling 
Yeah, I mean, I basically what Nate just said. The tag title match was the right, the correct result, and the match was great. Um, I thought the stipulation with Dolph and Drew made Dolph look really smart, and then with Drew overcoming it, made him look even more strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm, I, I'm sure I'll get some backlash on this. I'm a fan of Bray Wyatt. I'm a fan of the Fiend. I didn't hate it. Now I'm not gonna say it's as great as what WrestleMania, what I thought WrestleMania was, because it wasn't. But I did not hate the ending of the show like a lot of people did. But overall, the pay-per-view was a circus show. Yeah, it was just so kitchen sink. It's sort of like that um, that tournament that was introduced to give the North American Championship in NXT. It's just like they're throwing stuff at the wall. I thought that actually the stuff that was good was really good. I love the Artist Collective versus the New Day. Um, I thought that Sasha and Asuka put on an incredible wrestling match. And it was was tainted by perhaps the worst ending I've sat through. Um, you know, so it's just this weird off kilter event more than anything else. I, I thought that the Ray Mysterio Rollins match was a great match. I thought that the, the angle was so stupid that there was no way to stick that landing. And, and I thought the Dolph Ziggler thing was dumb. The idea that like the stipulation is that, all the rules are in my favor and like, look how smart he is. What are you fucking talking about? This is the dumbest fucking thing. You're all children over there. Children. <laughs> I think the highlight for me was uh, getting to see Alexa bliss uh, play a part in Bray Wyatt's craziness as uh sister Abigail took on the form of Alexa bliss to mess with Braun Strowman. I thought that was super cool. And I, f- I found it weird that she was on TV, had a match, had a segment all week and never like, seem weirded out and never like they should have had her saying the Nikki or whoever, like or Nikki asking her, did you have anything to do with that? Just to oversell the fact that she was a part of it, but she just went about her business as if she was never involved in that. Yeah. Cause it wasn't her. It was the form of uh Bray Wyatt's spooky uh sister Abigail Ooh. taking on. I realized that in the last episode, I did in fact put in a sound effect every time you said it. And now the more you, keep going on with this i'm gonna have to keep adding that <laughs> keep adding the sound effect. Sound effect. now you've made more work for yourself uh erica did you did you get to check out uh, extreme rules and did you have a highlight at all i didn't check out extreme rules out of protest i'm just kind of over like the wwe has to win me back all right they've kind of lost me um i will watch things here and there um, I'm not going to dedicate my entire time to their product because that's a lot of time in a week and I have to work and do very important things like rank the tracks on ACDC's back in black life and death things I have to do to make my paycheck. Okay. So I'm reserving my precious time for people that, that don't, that don't upset me. Um, I will gladly check out recaps but yet nothing, I, eh, I mean, the things I saw, it's like, okay, yeah, I guess that was fine. It, it didn't set my world on fire and didn't make me want to go back to the network and say, you know what, I'm going to sit my fat ass down and watch this. It just, I, ju- I, they, they got to do better. Like you're supposedly the leader of, of all of this and you're not, you're not grabbing my attention. I'm sorry. Like you have to earn my time just because you're the WWE doesn't mean you have my time anymore. And I hope 
they realize that. I mean, not just for me. There's there's obviously other fans that feel like me. But um, yeah, that's about it. Also, I don't like vomit spots. So <laughs> that's never been my... I don't like thumbtacks and I don't like vomit. So you lost me. If Eddie Kingston would have poured a bag of vomit on the ring, would you have liked that more, Nate? He's gonna... He's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Vince would have, though. Vince would have loved it. All right. At the end of three rounds, Erica, what do the point totals look like going into our final fall? It is neck and neck. It is a hot, hot mess of just points. And I, I'm very excited. I, I hope I don't look. I don't know what this final fall question is going to lead to because I kind of pulled this one out of my ass because it was kind of a weird week of wrestling. Anywho. Nate leading off with seven points, followed by Justin and Shawnee, both tied with six. Once again, anyone's game still. It's very exciting. Absolutely. Uh, this week, the final fall will be like they typically are, where I'll ask you guys to uh, private message me over Discord what your answers are. There are two answers, each worth five points. Uh, and here's your question. Chris Jericho has been in a heated Twitter beef with a singer who accused him of using backing tracks while performing live. For five points, name the singer. And for an additional five points, name the song Jericho sang on his Saturday night special live stream to prove that he can, in fact, sing live. While we're waiting for those, uh, for those answers to come in, Erica, is there anything that we haven't covered from the week of wrestling this week that you uh, feel needs to be mentioned on the show i here. mean we kind of covered everything also like even i'm like i don't know about this final fall question i like to when i craft questions for the final fall especially i like to kind of well frankly i kind of like to fuck with you guys okay i'm going to be honest i make things interesting so i apologize if you're like what the hell is this um but like it was a weird week of wrestling um i am excited to see what of impact now that there's so many different people in the mix now and and you have Motor City Machine Guns back and um, I mean Deanna Perrazzo is the new champ and I'm sure she's going to you know, have a, a great feud with um, uh, Jordan Grace and there, like there's just a, there's a lot of stuff going on you know obviously you know we still don't have indies yet because you know we're living the pandemic times uh, but like it's it's I feel excited for wrestling that is nothing to do with the WWE. Like I, I'd like I'm, I'm excited. It's just, it's just fun. I'm having fun. And also I had, I, I, I had kind of a lot of gin during this podcast. So if I, during this particular yeah, so if I seem like wistful or just like, like, wow, Erica <laughs> seems to have gotten really strange by the end of the episode. It's gin. Sorry guys. It's gin. This happens. Nice. I do have a question you for you, Erica. I'm very happy. happy. One of the, uh, I do have a question for you, Erica. One of the questions that we did not use this week that you had on here is that uh, Chris Jericho uh, apparently said that Gallows and Anderson were supposed to be members of the inner circle. Yeah. Uh, where where did this come from? Did he say it on his he podcast? He said it on, I think it was the Saturday night special. Uh, because Well, because, oh. um, you know, I'm sure, I, I know you guys covered Countdown to Fucktown uh, because I saw the last week's questions in uh, our Google Doc. I mean, more sure. or less like Gals and Anderson were slated to join AEW 
Um, and then, you know, plot twist, they didn't because Triple H kind of played with their emotions with the whole like, you know, I just think about your kids, man. You know, you know, what about your kids? Like, you don't know if AEW is going to be around. Like, what a dog shit move, Paul. Oh, <laughs> like, like they clearly had a plan for Gallows and Anderson going into AEW, you know, once TV started and stuff. And, oh. It, I mean, it's. I'm sure it's something that they'll always regret, um, but hopefully they'll be able to have some fun and impact. And 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 obviously with their their deal and impact, they're able to go to New Japan and and kind of play around with that. So that's cool. Uh, once again, I'm rambling. Yeah, I'm rambling because I've been drinking gin. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens, guys. It, I mean, if you think about it, like that angle makes perfect sense. It's the reunion of you know, the majority of the bullet club to have two members turn and then join the, what is ostensibly the heel faction, the inner circle that would have made the beginning of dynamite so much hotter. I mean, in terms of like interest, uh, it, you know, in, in the wrestling sphere, that's an angle that would have been red, red hot. If we're going to keep reopening this wound week after week, I'm going to start to get very hostile. <laughs> it is so dis it is disappointing. It just it it's so is. I've got answers from all three of you. So uh, let's get into this final fall. Our question was that uh, Chris Jericho in a heated Twitter beef with what singer and for five additional points, what song did Jericho sing in a Saturday night special live stream to prove that he can sing? Starting with Justin, he uh, named Sebastian Bach. Uh, which is correct of Skid Row and said he had no idea what song it was. So how about the song Barney sings, huh. uh, which is incorrect, but uh, would have been entertaining. That's that's worth at least a point for entertainment value. Got to say, uh, Shawnee, you also uh, said it was Sebastian Box. That's five points for you, who, uh, in your words, is like committed to being a lifelong douche uh, and said, you don't know the song, but hopefully it's not. She's only 17. I don't even know if that's also a Skid Row song. I just this is trash ass 80s song i could think of that's a winger song but you know i said i have to know this because this is my job this is what they pay me i think this is what they pay me a barely livable wage to know okay just saying <laughs> i think that's absolutely worth a point because uh that's that that, that would have also been hilarious nate coming in hot with both correct answers, Sebastian Bach and Skid Row's Youth Gone Wild, which gives him a full... That makes so much more sense than she's only 17. <laughs> uh, it's, it's my, this is my favorite thing in wrestling, period, because Sebastian Bach is going so hard at Chris Jericho, and he is not, like, he is just, like, straight up, like starting text with like what up <laughs> asshole like it's just so it's so aggressive and i i don't like sebastian bach but like this makes me a, a much bigger fan of him because he is just like not having it at all this is not a work this is a legit shoot and i am a big big fan of this yeah the idea of uh, a super aggro celebrity not realizing that he's entering the web of a like a true carny spider is so tantalizing <laughs> if you just throw away all morals it's so funny it's like i i have been following this like just with rapt attention it's my favorite thing on twitter 
Well, uh, that leads us to our, our final points. And I, uh, Erica, correct me if I'm wrong, because I do have points in front of me. But both Shawnee and uh, and Justin, as a good team, would have the exact same point totals at 11, while Nate picks up the victory once again with 17. Well, Woo! actually, they have 12 because we gave them uh, additional points for, for comedy. Uh, but yeah, once again, right. once again, Nate just, you know, it's just Nate's going to fucking Nate, I guess, you know, and, and look, <laughs> I threw out the Sebastian Bach thing because I had, once again, I had to follow it, you know, in order to earn my nearly livable wage. This is what I, this is what they, they pay me the so-so dollars to do. You already used the joke, Ginny. <laughs> Look, pal. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> this is great. Means, this is great. That means you're drunk. Okay. Never. <laughs> Fine. Nate wins again. So let's just give him the time. Goddamn right. Yep. Nate. Uh, Nate, you've got sixty seconds on the board. Go ahead and. Uh, flaunt your nine victories as the multiversal champion that's right you know what nine is good but i think i want to go for 10 10 making a nice round number solidify my legacy as the one fall show undisputed intermetaversal podcast champion <laughs> mm, feels good uh sean you're making some great faces while nate's having a 60 seconds so i'll let you take your 60 seconds go right ahead i i would like to uh defer my remaining time to our esteemed timekeeper all right fair <laughs> you, you better give her 120 seconds <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough justin did you have anything you wanted to cover before we uh end this week's show yeah i'm surprised we didn't bring it up yet uh the wonderful rivalry with seamus and jeff hardy um that was you know Seamus becoming the 25th person to ever make fun of Jeff Hardy's issues. Uh, although I think it's pretty cool that seems like Brother Nero's coming out finally in WWE because just like everything that he does, Jeff Hardy is 10,000 times more entertaining than Matt Hardy. So when it comes to these kind of gimmicks, he pulls it off way better. So I'm okay with that. Obviously, the rivalry and the match and the whole bar fight was blah, but this ending and who knows what they're going to do with brother Nero from here. I'm all for it. Did, did they have to do the urinal spot like that? <laughs> that was, yeah, that was the worst. I'm like, I, I was watching it and I, I literally gagged on my couch as it was happening. Yeah, I mean, that was the one condition. Vince says, fine, you can do this only if you do the urinal spot, just like with the vomit, you know, you yep. got the fake vomit front right next to the fake urine. It's in the same shelf and same thing with the urinal spot. All right, Erica. Hold on one second. I, have- I, I'm sorry, Erica. I, I was trying to tee you up to tell me to fuck off with that deferral thing. And it didn't interpret well. And I'm like, Oh, it just seems like I'm being a dick. And especially when Chuck just started going as if I wasn't giving you time to talk. You just pretended like you were kidding. I'm like, well, this looks like a setup. That wasn't my intention. <laughs> we we do know Vince McMahon loves pee. It's true. Surprised that Seamus didn't slam his head into the urinal and then give him a golden shower. Well, well, now that I have to follow the mentioning of a golden shower, which is always it's it's been my dream. It's great. So setup. you know, I I thought you were like quoting some random ass thing, 
And it, it kind of goes back to that one bit on Family Guy where like, I think it was like Meg saying like, I don't know Monty Python, I'm a girl. So like, the, I just assumed you were doing something boy-y and I'm like, what do you want from me? All right. If it's not, if it's not like, <laughs> like random mid nineties sitcoms, rock music, wrestling shit, or let's face it. Like I am a, a gay man trapped in a woman's body. Like if it's not something to do with drag, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, so yeah, I just thought, I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you talking about? But, uh, you gave me what 120 seconds. I'm sure I'm close to being up by now. Um, I have some riveting titles, by the way, written down just from the random remarks. By the way, fun fact: I do keep a score with a pad, uh, with a pen and a pad of paper because I don't know. It just makes me feel whole. It's probably why you're much better at the score. Exactly. Than I That's am. why I'm here. And she's drinking, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even yeah. have an excuse. And by so much, you mean like so much better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Erica, where can people find you online? Uh, all the cool cats and kittens can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. Justin, how about you? Where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk or JV sports Nate Bender, our nine time champ. Where can people find you at Nate Benderama on Twitter and Shawnee? You can find me on the talk horror to me uh, podcast as well as on Instagram at Shawnee S H O N N Y dot constant. And we list all of those in the show notes. Absolutely. You can find me uh, with Shawnee on the Talk Horror to Me podcast. Of course, the Nerd Radio podcast, which you can find wherever you uh, download your podcast and on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K playing rock band on Sunday afternoons. I thank you guys for spending uh, an hour of your Sunday afternoon talking about wrestling with me. And I thank everyone listening within the sound of my voice for downloading another One Fall show. We'll be back next week to give each other more shit ramp up the ultra violence what show titles did uh, your drinking come up with Erica oh yes please please inform us okay WWE is not a subtle company hmm. uh, then I just wrote down this is a biggie super fan show <laughs> uh, at one point we just I, I don't know what triggered this you're all children over there children <laughs> And then I, I have written down. I now I, I once again I don't even remember what this was is from. Because what's up, asshole? <laughs> is one as well. No. So those were the things I wrote down. This is what I do. That these are the fun notes I take when I'm doing my timekeeping <laughs> and point keeping and stuff. I would, so. I would love for someone who has no idea what that is to run into your notes, just like, you know, going <laughs> through a desk and just reading those notes down. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I, I um, want to take, I want to take the clip that you, of you, just you just now saying what up asshole and just make that some kind of drop that I can use. Yes. <laughs> What's up asshole. Oh man, did anyone see the new account that's out now? Speaking of selling, it's a William Regal sells account. Oh no, no. I haven't seen that. You gotta track that shit down because and the only reason why that I found it great. because Rick Rude Atomic Drop account retweeted it. And I went, Oh my god, Twitter's <laughs> fun. The one part of Twitter that isn't trash. I'm like, yes. It's funny that they animated specifically 
uh, that Rick Rude spot into Fire Pro Wrestling. I I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, at Steve Steve Regal sells. It's called Regal Reactions. Nice. That's an easy follow right there. <laughs> 